Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Morgan Rector, host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters, available wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. The arrived, they found the telephone we have a, electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Murder. When two monsters get together, it can sometimes be unclear on who the mastermind really is. Who is the dominant partner who calls the gruesome shots? On December 9th, 2003, one half of a wicked couple died while in prison. And for many, it's still unknown who was the ringleader in the Sunset Strip killings. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Carol Bundy was a troubled girl who came from a childhood filled with alcoholics, sexual abuse at the hands of her father, hopping from foster home to foster home after the death of her mother, and three failed marriages with abusive husbands, her first being when she was just 17 and he was 56. By 1980, she had begun a relationship with her married apartment manager, Jack Murray. She was obsessed with the man, even going as far as to bribe his wife into leaving him. This, instead, resulted in the eviction of her and her two sons. That didn't stop her from trying to spend time with Jack, who was a part-time country singer and often played at a bar called Little Nashville in California. It was at this bar that she met Douglas Daniel Clark, and their lives, Jack Murray's, and the lives of six or more women would completely change. Doug came from a totally normal childhood. He moved all around the country due to his father's military career, and, as an adult, followed in his footsteps when he joined the military. 
But when he and Carol became a couple, they found that they both shared the same dark sexual fantasies. At first, it started out small. Doug would bring home sex workers and they would engage in a threesome. Then he started showing interest in an 11-year-old neighbor who Carol helped lure into posing for pornographic photos for her man. Then threesomes and pedophilia escalated into conversations about how much he would like to murder a woman during sex so he could feel her vaginal contractions during death spasms. And on June 11th, 1980, Doug Clark got his wish when half-sisters Gina Narano, 15, and Cynthia Chandler, 16, disappeared from Huntington Beach. That night, Doug Clark came home and told Carol about two teens he picked up on the Sunset Strip. He forced them to perform oral sex on him before shooting them both in the head as he achieved climax. He then took their bodies to a garage and raped them. Carol, uneasy about this new development in their relationship, called police and claimed she knew about the murders. However, when pressed, she refused to provide any clues to Doug's identity. The following day, the bodies of both girls were found beside Ventura Freeway, both bearing a gunshot wound to the side of their head. Just 12 days later, Doug Clark killed sex worker Karen Jones, whom was found behind a Burbank steakhouse, and Exe Wilson, whose headless body was found by pedestrians. Where was Exie's head? Well, Doug took it back home and stored it in the refrigerator to surprise his girlfriend. And if you are sitting there thinking that Carol didn't have a dark side like Doug, then what she did next will undoubtedly change your mind. Upon seeing the severed head, Carol put makeup on the girl before giving it back to Doug so he could use it for sexual gratification. Two days later, the scrubbed clean head was found in a Hollywood alley inside of an ornate wooden box. And the couple wasn't done. Just three days later, a woman's mummified body was found in the San Fernando Valley. The victim was 17-year-old runaway Marnette Comer, who was last seen on June 1st, three weeks prior to her discovery. She was believed to be Doug Clark's first victim. On July 25th, a young Jane Doe was found on Sunset Boulevard with a gunshot to the head. Then, two weeks later, an unidentified corpse was found in a wooded area near Malibu. There have been efforts to identify the youth, but due to skeletonization, she was unrecognizable. This makes Doug Clark's victim count six or more. While Doug continued his sexually-fueled murder spree, Carol Bundy began seeing Jack Murray again. She started attending his performances again, and after one such performance, she drunkenly told Jack about some of the things she and Doug were doing. Shocked, Jack said he needed to call the police. Carol couldn't have that, so on August 5th, 1980, she lured him into his van with the promise of sex. Once inside, she murdered and decapitated her once lover. It seemed their secret was safe, for a few days at least. Because two days later, Carol broke down and told a fellow nurse that she killed Jack. The police were called, and Carol Bundy gave a full confession. When police went to the apartment that Carol and Doug shared, they found three pairs of panties that were removed from victims and kept as trophies, and the photos of Doug's 11-year-old obsession. Doug Clark was arrested, and in the boiler room of his workplace, they found the gun used to kill his victims. Carol Bundy was charged with the murder of Jack Murray and the unknown victim she confessed to being present for. 
Doug Clark was charged with six counts of first-degree murder and acted in his own defense during the trial because his lawyer was drunk and kept falling asleep during the trial. He blamed Carol for everything and claimed he was under her manipulation, which, given his clean record prior to meeting Carol, wasn't hard for many to believe. He even went as far as to say that Carol and Jack Murray were responsible for all of the slayings and patterned their crimes after the case of Ted Bundy. He failed to convince the jury, however, and was sentenced to death in 1983, where he remains today. Carol made a plea bargain in return for her testimony and was sentenced to 52 years to life. She died in prison from heart failure on December 9, 2003, at the age of 61. According to criminologists, Doug Clark had alibis for five of the seven murders he is believed to have committed, and that the presiding judge refused to accept key physical evidence during his trial. He was convicted almost solely on the testimony of Carol Bundy. This, coupled with the inconsistencies in Carol's confession and testimony, has cast doubt on Doug's role in the murders. So, did Doug really just drag Carol into his dark fantasies? Or was Carol the mastermind and Doug simply her pawn? We may never know. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on December 10th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.